Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jane Belt, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to continue our podcast series called Deep Dive into MDS 3.0 Quality Measures. These monthly podcasts feature one or two of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures, QMs, and delve into the details about each measure and what actions may prove helpful as the facility tries to improve or maintain their results. Welcome, Jane. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. I'm so glad to be here. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the two anti-anxiety hypnotic medication, MDS 3.0 quality measures. So first, the long stay measure we're gonna talk about is prevalence of anti-anxiety hypnotic use. And the other, and it's long stay as well, is percent of residents who used an anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication. (laughs) I imagine the listener is saying to themselves, wow, those sure sound very similar. And you're absolutely right. This is true. And there are some differences, which obviously we will discuss. And then in addition, we'll do our normal going over the rationale, what's in the numerator, the denominator, the covariates, and then talk about an action plan for greater success. Thanks, Jane. Before we get into these measures, I thought we might start with a review of the recent update to the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures User's Manual. Could you cover that update briefly, please? Sure, Rebecca. There was a new version of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measure User's Manual released in late October. It is now version 14.0 of the QM user's manual. And of course, it was effective October 1st, 2020. Released it in late October, it was effective October 1st. But again, the changes really just made the manual better. It really didn't impact how we code the QMs at all. So first of all, they retired the SNF quality reporting program, new or worsened pressure ulcer measure. That measure is now called changes in skin integrity, post-acute care, pressure ulcer injury measure. And table 7-5 of the SNF QRP user's manual, which is version 3.0, details the specification for the changes in skin integrity measure. So really they're just getting the manual up to date with what they've been doing. The second part of the update to the version 14 QM manual was that they moved what was called the surveyor quality measures. Those were in appendix E and they moved them to chapter two and integrated them with all the other long stay measures. So there's no more flipping in the manual to locate the QMs you want to review. So uh, these measures are available to the surveyors and facility staff through CMS's CASPER reporting system. And finally, the QMs withdrawn from the National Quality Forum submission, they were also moved to Chapter 2 and added to the appropriate long stay and short stay sections. So, sums it up, 
all the measures we are working with are now in one place in the user's manual, chapter two. I think the changes are great. Thanks for that reminder, Jane. With that, let's look at the two anti-anxiety and hypnotic measures. Okay, so the first one we'll cover today is the prevalence of anti-anxiety hypnotic use. And this measure describes the percentage of long-stay measures who are receiving anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication, but they do not have evidence of a psychotic or related condition in the target period. In other words, if the resident is receiving an anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication, but the appropriate diagnosis is not captured on the MDS, that resident's gonna trigger this QM. This is a long-stay measure, meaning CMS looks at residents with cumulative days in the facility of 101 days or greater. Another reminder of a definition, target period. That is the selection period or the span of time that defines the QM reporting period. And for long-stay measures, that is a calendar quarter. Jane, what assessments are used to compile the measure? Okay, that's a great question, Rebecca. Those assessments are referred to as the qualifying reasons for assessment. So what assessments are being used? And the list is rather long. It's any assessments coded from A0310A, which includes your OBRA admission, the quarterly, annual, significant change in status assessment, significant correction to a prior comprehensive assessment, or significant correction to a prior quarterly. And it also may include a Medicare PPS five-day and an OBRA discharge return or return not anticipated. In other words, they're looking at a lot of our assessments to find this particular measure. Any of these records with the qualifying reason for assessment contains all the items needed to define the measure. Great, Jane. We know that there are multiple assessments that could qualify, but what assessment is selected? Okay, the selection logic states that of those qualifying assessments, the latest assessment is used, which meets the following criteria. The assessment is contained within the resident's selected episode. It has a qualifying reason for assessment, and the target date is no more than 120 days before the end of the episode which would either be the last discharge in the target period or the end of the target period if the episode is ongoing. That's very helpful information, Jane, thank you. What else can you tell us about the prevalence of anti-anxiety and hypnotic use measure? Okay, as you can tell just from our description so far, this is one of the simpler QM measures. Ultimately, this measure is triggered if a resident's most recent assessment is coded as receiving an anti-anxiety or hypnotic drug 
in items N0410B, as in boy, or N0410D, as in dog, but did not have a psychotic or related condition captured on the MDS. So to accurately code the MDS, it's important to know the exclusions. Are the symptoms or active diseases documented? Are they coded on the MDS? The exclusions do not come from I-8000. So remember to check for the coding of the list that I will provide here in just a second. And also, it is on page 54 of the QM user's manual. So here we go with the list. The residents that are not part of the denominator are those with any of the following related conditions. Again, these would be called exclusions. So schizophrenia, item I-6000, psychotic disorder, I-5950, manic depression, I-5900, Tourette's syndrome, I-5350, Huntington's disease, I-5250, hallucinations from section E, item O0100A, and also delusions, E0100B. Then back to section I, anxiety disorder, I-5700, and post-traumatic stress disorder, I-6100. Now the resident is also excluded if anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication use is dashed on the target assessment. As far as covariates, there are none for this anti-anxiety hypnotic measure. So no adjustments are made to the final score. It is important to note that this measure is not reported on care compare, but is only available on the CASPER QM reports. Just a note here, and, and I'm sure you picked up that I said care compare. Nursing Home Compare, that website, and all those other compare sites, I don't know if you looked at them or not, but there was hospital compare, home health visit compare, hospice compare, about eight different compare websites are now put together in one website and it's called Care Compare. And it becomes effective December 1st of 2020. So you can still access the same information as always that's been on Nursing Home Compare but this information now looks a bit different. So I would suggest looking at the site and getting comfortable navigating because it is slightly different, but the data is still there. Thanks, Jane. That's good to know. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Onboarding a new MDS coordinator or a new DON, let ANAC and AADNS help. We offer comprehensive online training programs developed specifically for the new MDS coordinator or the new DON. 
Learn more about ANAC MDS Essentials at anac.org backslash education and more about AADNS DNS Fundamentals at aadns-ltc.org backslash education. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jane Bell about the anti-anxiety and hypnotic medication quality measures. Jane, are we ready to move on to the other long stay in anti-anxiety hypnotic measure? Absolutely, Rebecca. The long stay measure we're going to talk about now is percent of residents who used an anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication. Again, it's a long stay measure and it identifies long stay residents receiving those anti-anxiety or hypnotic medication. And then it looks to see if life expectancy of less than six months, item J1400, and or hospice care while a resident, and that's item O0100K2, it looks to see if either one of those items is coded on the target assessment. If either of those items is not found, they're going to trigger the QM. So they receive the medication, anti-anxiety or hypnotic, they don't have life expectancy of less than six months or hospice care marked, they're going to trigger that QM. And just like for the other measure we talked about today, the target assessment selection period is defined as the most recent three months and looks at all the OBRA comprehensive and quarterly assessments, the Medicare five-day and OBRA discharge assessments return and return not anticipated. So the denominator for this measure is all long-stay nursing home residents, those with 101 or more cumulative days in the facility. Jane, does this measure have exclusions like the short stay measure? Yes, and it sure does. And I did mention them, but it, I think it's good that we know the difference because you remember with the first measure we talked about today, there was a long list of exclusions. For this particular measure, it's a very short list and it's life expectancy of less than six months or hospice care while a resident. So there's only two exclusions. There would be another exclusion if in fact those items on the MDS were dashed. Are there any covariates for this measure, Jean? Glad you brought that up, Rebecca. But just like the other measure, there are no covariates. So the coding accuracy needed on the MDS is certainly easier to audit with fewer items to check. So, I mean, this is your basic figuring out your percentage, the numerator divided by the denominator multiplied by 100 is going to give you that percentage. Thanks, Jane. What can our listeners do to improve their outcomes in the anti-anxiety or hypnotic quality measures? Well, first, think about the nurses passing medications to the residents. Are the medication administration records of the MARS, are they completed accurately, timely? 
For these medications on the MDS, the look back period is seven days. And the instructions tell us that the assessor must indicate the number of days that the medication was received. So even if the resident only received that medication one day, it's gotta be coded on the MDS. With anti-anxiety and hypnotics, the records need to be checked carefully for those PRN or as needed medications that might also have been given in the look back period. As far as the coding, make certain that the medications are captured on the MDS based on the pharmacological classification and not the reason for its use for that specific resident. If you recall from the RAI user's manual, it provides this example. And it, the example is, although oxypun may be prescribed for use as a hypnotic, it is categorized as an anti-anxiety medication. Therefore, in this section, it would be coded as an anti-anxiety medication and not as a hypnotic. So drug classification, that pharmacological classification is very important. There are other few coding tips that I want to mention as the listeners think about coding of these medication items. Combination medications should be coded in all categories, pharmacological classes that constitute the combination. For example, if the resident receives a single tablet that combines an antipsychotic and an antidepressant, then both antipsychotic and antidepressant categories should be coded on the MDS. Another tip, over-the-counter sleeping medications are not coded as hypnotics as they are not categorized as hypnotic medication. It is also important to remember that these medication items include any drugs given to the resident by any route, for example, orally, intramuscularly, or intravenously in any setting. So for example, at the nursing home, or if they're given a medication in the hospital emergency room, if they are a resident of your nursing home, and if that resident has not been discharged, you're still gonna need to code that medication. So for example, if the resident went out to the emergency room, received an antipsychotic medication, and returned to your facility, and you've not discharged them, the medication is going to be counted on the MDS in section N. One other thing to note is that these measures use several different sections. So each team member completing the MDS needs to be accountable for the accuracy of their section. So we're talking about sections E, I, J, and O. Obviously, accuracy is important for all parts of the QM. The numerator, the denominator, and the ever-important exclusions. 
verifications of the accuracy of the assessment is critical to success with the quality measures. Thanks again, Jane. We really appreciate these great tips. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I know that Jesse has said it and I have said it before, but it bears repeating. When it comes to making a difference and improving overall measures, it's an all hands on deck approach. It's a team effort. It's not just the nurse. It's not just the nurse assessment coordinator. So everybody on the team needs to have a comprehensive understanding of the specification of each measure. It's invaluable to each and every team member. Thank you, Jane. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on quality measures, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.